couple days until kickoff here. College football finally approaching all oh, the long summer that it's been. And what better way to take in college football than uh, be profitable off of it, right? For more on that and for more information on how exactly we're going to do that this fall, we go out and welcome in Tim Murray, host of the Daily Line, NBC Sports in D.C., Philadelphia, Chicago, the Bay Area. You can find it all there. NBC Sports Radio as well. Tim, appreciate the time. What's good? Oh, man, I've been saying the same thing. It's just I can't wait for this to get rolling. I uh, The other night, Nick, I, I was sitting there on my couch, and I made my first wager on an actual game of the season. I made a couple futures bets, but last night was the first game wager I made. I went over 70 on Hawaii, Arizona. <laughs> I, think, I think Khalil Tate, I'm, I'm really – optimistic. I'm bullish on Khalil Tate. He ran for over 1,400 yards two years ago, and uh, I feel like it's out of sight, out of mind. He, had a, he was banged up last year. I love Khalil Tate. And then Hawaii's got Cole McDonald's coming back, so I think it's going to be a shootout week zero. So my first bet of the season, Hawaii and, uh, and Hawaii and Arizona over on week zero. Yeah, so there you go. First weekend of the year. Not even the first weekend. It's week zero when you're betting the over in that. I love week zero. I am so in on week zero. I, I don't Seriously, I don't why know. wasn't this a thing before? Like, it was an early 90s thing. Why was this not more regular before? Yeah, remember we used to get that kickoff classic game. Yeah, like Eddie Robinson classic and whatever yeah. else. And Notre Dame will be in it next year. Notre Dame, Navy, and Ireland next year will be week zero. So, it's a perfect little appetizer, and look, we had it last year. I think it was like Hawaii, Colorado State. Now we get a legitimate quality game, Florida, Miami, and then late night action. We get Hawaii, Arizona. It's perfect. It's ease us in, but we get real football. You know, no more preseason stuff. I mean, I'm betting on the preseason because I just I'm crazy and I I can't stand <laughs> betting on baseball anymore. But I can't wait, Nick. I'm so. I'm beyond pumped for this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I College football and baseball, it's like it's a countdown to opening day, and then it's a countdown to opening day for college football for me, <laughs> and it's just flip your calendar, whatever month it says. That's what I'm seemingly counting down to. Looking at this this year, college football national championship, it's Alabama, it's Clemson. It's Clemson, it's Alabama. It's a huge gap. It's anyone else. You look at it, and it's roughly 2-1 to one on either one of those teams right now. Is there any point of putting down on Alabama or Clemson right now? Is there a chance for those odds to improve for you and you get them later in the year? I really don't think so. I think you know this is going to be the spot where you get them. Um, and it's, just, it's not a ton of value, but there are props out there, Alabama and Clemson versus the field. Um, it, I mean, it, we've gotten to a spot, and, you know, some can argue, Nick, that this is not healthy for the game. I don't know if it is or isn't. Um, but those two teams have really separated themselves. And you just look at Clemson's schedule. Um, I, I hate doing this, and we always fall into this trap of saying, well, this team's never going to lose, and, and then they ultimately lose. But you look at Clemson's schedule and how down the ACC is, Texas A&M's coming to their to Death Valley this year. Florida State's coming to Death Valley this year. They go to Syracuse, but the last time they're at Syracuse, they lost. I, I just I don't know how they lose this year uh, in the regular season. Clemson, uh, you know, South Carolina to finish out the year. I'm very. I mean, I, I'm not the only one, Nick, but I'm keeping an eye on Georgia. They've been recruiting at an elite level. 
for a number of years since Kirby Smart took that program over. And just think about the last two times they played Alabama. Tua Tagovailoa comes in, he throws a touchdown in overtime to beat them in the college football championship two years ago. And then last year, if Kirby Smart doesn't call a fake punt with his backup quarterback as the up man, and also Jalen Hurts doesn't you know, play heroics, then Georgia wins that game and they're in the college football playoff. So I just think it's Georgia's time. Still not great value, but at 6-1, to one, I'm looking long and hard at Georgia. I love their backfield with DeAndre Swift. I mean, the biggest question for Georgia this year is their wide receiver position. But they've been recruiting at an incredible level. They did lose, I believe, their top five receivers, so it's a big question mark there. But I have sprinkled a little bit on Georgia to win the championship uh, this year. I mean, here's the biggest thing, Nick, is the way that, the, the way that Alabama and Clemson have set themselves up can you realistically see Michigan or Texas or Oklahoma beating those teams twice? That's what you have to remember. Could they beat them once? Sure. Boise State beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl with the Statue of Liberty. It, things happen, but they have to do it twice. So the college football playoff, which, which I'm a big fan of, the college football playoff makes it that much harder for us to ever see a random champion. So to me, it's a three-team field, Alabama-Clemson. I do think Georgia's good enough. So if you want a little bit of value, take Georgia 6-1, to one, depending on where you shop. You might be able to get them close to 8-1. to one. How crazy is this of a possible prop bet then based off of the Georgia thing? Because I've seen them 6-1. to one. I see them 9-1 to one on the MGM site right now. Sure, if you're in New Jersey, that's helpful to you. Not really helpful to anyone <laughs> else out there. But just based on what the award has become, the Heisman is the best quarterback or quarterback on damn good team. Jake Fromm, I'm seeing listed right now, is a 10-1 to shot to win the Heisman. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to be, when it's all said and done, the most decorated college football player in recent memory. Maybe not the best, but at least the most decorated. Tua Tunga Viola, that speaks for itself. Everyone wants to give one of those two the Heisman. Like, just on the concept that Georgia is going to be great, they finish with no or one loss in the regular season, I have trouble believing he's not going to have a seat at the table on, the what is it, the second Saturday in December that the Heisman's given out. Is that a ridiculous bet? It's not. And and you can, you know, once again, that the biggest thing I you, you can recommend is if you like a bet, shop around. There are places that might have better odds. And I know it's, it's a little trickier, you know, I know it's legal in, in Illinois and in 11 states now. Um, it's sort of legal at, here. Yeah. We're I'm legalized. Look- you just have to wait to actually place those bets until oh. hopefully by football playoffs maybe this year. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the Westgate Superbook app right now. So they're out in Vegas. And they've got Jake Prom at 18-1. to 1, And we talked about uh, long shot odds this year that, uh, for the Heisman today on the show. And to your point, you know, it has truly become, as has the MVP in the NFL, it's, you know, the quarterback, it's a quarterback award. Fifteen quarterbacks have won the Heisman Trophy since 2000. We've seen just three running backs and none. We saw Derrick Henry in 15, Ingram in 09, and Bush in, in 05. It, it is a quarterback award. Uh, I would be surprised if we're seeing it. And, and I, I can't remember a time where the field was so... Two players separated themselves so far from the field. So I think Jake Fromm is worth a long, hard look at 18-1. to Another guy, and you're going to think I'm crazy saying this, and I mentioned him already, but Khalil Tate at 100-1, to the reason I say Khalil Tate is 
the secondary market for for bets has now become a big thing. Prop swap is a huge thing. So go out and get a long shot, and if he's performing extremely well, you can in turn sell that. So when their odds drop, so let's say Khalil Tate goes out and you know the first four or five games of the year he's you know throwing for two hundred, running for buck fifty. And his odds drop from 100 to 1 to 50 to 1. Then you sell that and you're going to make some money. So I don't think Khalil Tate's going to win the Heisman Trophy by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, take a long, hard look at some players that you think, you know, might be having great starts to the season. DeAndre Swift. What if DeAndre Swift has 180 yards against Notre Dame, you know, on, uh, on the fourth Saturday of the regular season? And, you know, people are talking about him for Heisman Trophy. So I think there is way, there's a way out there to make some money. But ultimately, my big question is, is Trevor Lawrence going to be playing enough, Nick, in order to uh, get himself the Heisman Trophy? I think he's going to fall into a little bit of a Tua situation where he's not going to be playing a ton of second halves, and they're just going to be crushing everyone. So if I had to handicap the field, I would lean a little bit towards Tua, uh, at three to one, still not great value, so I'm not I'm not in love with that. But I think you know, take a long you know long look at that, and you could take a shot in the dark. His odds are maybe a little too short for my liking. But look, what if Justin Fields is really good and Ohio State goes to the playoff? If he's got the capabilities with his legs to to eat up a lot of yards too, so could Justin Fields at twelve to one be a, a guy to keep an eye on? So yeah, think about teams that can make the playoff. And also, a dual-threat quarterback like Justin Fields might be a good option to think about, a guy that can run as well. But, you know, Khalil Tate, 100-1, to I just looking back at a stretch that he had in 2017, 327, 230, 137, 146, 161, 206. That's six straight games where he ran for 137 yards or more in every single game. So... Uh, that might be a fun ticket to just hold on to and see what happens if he can you know, spark the magic he had when Rich Rod was his head coach. Yeah, because it's going to be fun because Pac-12, it's, you get the national audience late at night if he gets enough of those late-night games, too, of, all right, all of a sudden Khalil Tate turns into what he was two years ago, and it gets real interesting. He's Tim Murray, host of The Daily Line. You see it on NBC Sports, D.C., Philadelphia, Bay Area, Chicago. You can find it all there at NBC Sports Radio as well is where you can listen to that show, get all of your college football betting and other betting advice. The NFL coming up as well, too. So obviously a huge betting angle there all over the place. Let's talk some win totals. Because I, I pulled this up, and it's always – it feels like this time of year, at least from a talk show host's perspective, oh, I love the over with that team. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. how is it only eight and a half? I love the over with it. And you hear over, 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 over. Love them, love them, love them. And you don't hear about the teams that are getting too much love. Who out there to you is somebody that you think is perhaps in that boat and perhaps getting a little bit too much of love, and there might be value in picking an under on the season? Nick, I'm going to tell you to, to earmuff it for me a little bit here because oh, I know my favorite. Going. You know, you know, my favorite team is your favorite team. Mm-hmm. I, I live and die. I bleed blue and gold. But if you can find Notre Dame at nine and a half, pound the under. I, I just with this schedule, I just can't foresee Notre Dame winning over nine and a half games. Uh, look, I, w- I would love it, and I call it the happiness hedge when you bet against your team because, you know, if, if you win, it, you know, it's just money. Our team won. But I-, I just look at Notre Dame 
And if you can find nine and a half, now I think there's some William Hill shops. Most places have it at nine. And I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if this is an, an eight win football team. Um, I think it is a nine and three season, so that's why I'm saying nine and a half is way too high uh, for Notre Dame. But, I mean, you, Nick, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm sure you've told your audience this a ton, but, you know. Week three, or their third game at Georgia, double-digit underdog. They then follow that game up with a home game against Virginia, a team that I believe was preseason picked to win the, the Coastal Division. If they weren't preseason picked, they were right there. Yeah, it's them in so, Miami, Miami and them, whichever way you look at it. So do, is Notre Dame more talented than UVA? Yes, but you have to think about their college kids. They just went to Athens. That was a massive game, national television. Now they're coming back and they're playing Virginia. Like, okay, what do we care about Virginia? Then they have the big game against Michigan on the road where they'll be about a touchdown underdog. Now, I actually think that's a decent spot for Notre Dame because Notre Dame has a bye week prior to Michigan, and, Notre, and Michigan will just play Penn State. But still, it's Michigan, very talented team, ton of hype going on uh, for Michigan this year. And then the month of November for Notre Dame is really tricky because every single team that they play is coming off a bye, minus Stanford. They play Stanford on the road. And Stanford is a team uh, that is that Brian Kelly's never won at the farm. So if you find nine and a half, I take the under. I, I'm also fading UCF this year. I, I, I look. I just think this magic's going to run out at some point. And uh, you know they still have got a lot of talent on that roster. But are we assuming that they're going to beat Stanford at home? I know that's going to be a you know a Super Bowl type game. They go to Nippert Stadium. At Cincinnati, I think that'll be a tricky spot. They finish up against USF. So if there's a nine and a half anywhere on UCF, I would take the under on them as well because look, Brandon Wimbush, uh, you know, it seems like a great dude, but um, you know, we know he's a bit inaccurate with his arms. So I'm curious to see that situation. So I, I am, uh, I think the UCF magic might run out this year. So I'm fading UCF just a little bit um, for. Uh, for win totals, so nine, nine and a half. I would take the under on that. Okay, I, I can see that happening because you make the coaching changes. It's not always the first year; sometimes a couple right. years down the road. And I am curious of how is how's Josh Heupel going to kind of figure this out on his own? Is he going to be able to maintain? Because building is one thing, but maintaining is another. I, elsewhere in this, looking for overs then on the other mm-hmm. side of it, which teams are you really buying into that maybe the public's yet to get on board with? Well, I'm curious. I, I think you know there are some there are some spots, and, and most places uh, I think they're they're right on the number. Um, I'm looking long and hard at East Carolina, uh, staying in the American Athletic Conference. They were three and nine last year. They bring in Mike Houston, who was just a superstar at the FCS level. The head coach of James Madison, for the, those who don't know, won the national title a couple years ago. And then you just have to look at the schedule. They play two FCS teams, East Carolina does. The win total is at four and a half. So East Carolina plays Gardner-Webb. They play William & Mary. So two FCS teams. They also go to Connecticut, and they finish at home against Tulsa. Um, the big question mark in this on the schedule for them is uh, is Navy. You know, are they going to be prepared against the triple option? They beat Old Dominion last year. They're going on the road this year to Old Dominion. Uh, you know, Temple's got a coaching situation that has changed. So they look at East Carolina, four and a half. I, I like that spot. And then, you know, a, a team that I know very closely, I used to be on the broadcast for Navy. Um, Navy's a, a, an interesting spot, too. 
Uh, I am such a firm believer in Kenny Amatololo as a, as a phenomenal coach. They had a very uncharacteristically down year. They open up with an FCS opponent in Holy Cross, so that'll be a win. Uh, you know, they have Air Force coming to their house. They have Connecticut on the road. Um, you know, they play Tulane at home, a team that they lost to in, in heartbreaking fashion last year. SMU comes to them. So a lot of those toss-up games for Navy, um, I think they can pull out. So I, I would just be surprised if Navy, for a second straight year, goes without bowl eligibility. So I like Navy uh, over five and a half. And then uh, this is one that uh, I think, Stanford, Steve, and the Bear were high on, and I've looked into it a little bit, and I'm I'm in on it too. Texas State, uh, they've got a new head coach, Jake Spivadol, the head, uh, the former OC of West Virginia, is now the head coach of Texas State, and they they play you know FCS opponent in Nichols, they play Georgia State. I think there's some spots there where they could pick up wins. It's a four and a half, uh, you know, over under. So uh, I, I I like this situation, and they brought in. The former head coach of Montana, Bob Stitt, who also brings in his quarterback from Montana, so an FCS transfer. So Texas State over four and a half, I like as well. And then the final one, I know they've got a really tricky schedule, Nick, but I just think that people are underselling UCLA. I think at some point Chip Kelly's going to figure this thing out. They do have a, a they have a start with a road game at Cincinnati. They have a home game against Oklahoma. So it is a, a daunting non-conference schedule, but I just think like people are forgetting that this guy, yes, he struggled in, in, in the NFL, but I mean he was an innovative coach way beyond his years. So I, I like UCLA over six wins this year. Well, and part of it with UCLA, too, it's Utah in the South in the Pac-12, and tell me how, who else is good. Who's going to steal games in that division, like UCLA, I don't love it. Three and nine last year, but they probably have as good a case as damn near anyone else. Yeah, I mean, their their non-con is tricky because Cincinnati's their opener. They lost big to Cincinnati last year, and I'm pretty high on Cincinnati. I think I I put a future out there that Cincinnati would uh, win the AAC East this year. I think I got around like seven to two plus three fifty. So that's a Thursday night game to open up the season on the road. San Diego State is no slouch. So there's no FCS gimme on their schedule. But you know, Oregon State's on there. They got them at home. Uh they have a bye week before playing Stanford. They have a bye week before playing Utah. I mean the tricky part is they do go on the road to Wazoo, Utah, USC and Stanford. So the schedule doesn't really help out, but I, I, I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a good quarterback for Chip Kelly's system, and I, I'm just buying in on a coach in Chip Kelly. I mean, he is he's a great college football coach. I, I, just, I don't think years in the NFL and one year as an analyst at ESPN made him forget how to be a quality uh, you know, college football coach, so I'm buying in on Chip Kelly, and if they go 6-6, six and six, then you get your money back because it's a push. Yeah, I, that part makes sense to me. I just look at that conference and specifically the South part of it, and yeah, they play a lot of road games against some of their kind of fifty-fifty games. But it it does seem like yeah, Chip Kelly because why? Because the Eagles. It's not like the Eagles were awful by they the weren't. way too. Like they went to the playoffs one of the years. They crashed and burned the last six weeks of his second season there when he kind of tried to take more control of things. It's not like that thing was a complete and utter disaster. It's not like it was like the Mark Trustman Bears where it was like, oh, my God, you're the laughing stock of the league. <laughs> so 
I tend to think that a lot of people jump on him and, okay, yeah, Chip Kelly going to change the NFL. Well, not to say that things haven't changed in the NFL more towards his style as well. Okay, I digress yeah. from Chip Kelly. Looking at <laughs> looking at conferences here, it's we talked about the Clemson part. There's No, no one's going to knock them off in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, SECs, I think it comes down to championship weekend. Georgia and Alabama is going to be one of, if not the game of the year. However, besides that, which non-favorites out there are you looking at, not just to make a run at a conference championship, but be playing either on championship uh, Saturday with a chance to win it and maybe win you some money, or at least uh, not being valued properly that, that our listeners might be able to get some value in right now? Well, I, I think I'm going to start in the SEC because I think Georgia is undervalued at plus 275. Yeah. Um, I think you can get some value there on Georgia because you think about it this way. Uh, that game, neutral site, Alabama's probably at this point in time right around a six, seven point favorite. And, you know, money lines maybe 225, 250. So I think there is value to be had on Georgia. Once again, I'm a bit bullish on them. I just think they've had so many opportunities that eventually they're going to break through. So I think there's value to be had in the SEC uh, on a team like Georgia. I, you know, it. At this point, now I'm getting a little scared off of it because everybody and their mother, Nick, is on Utah. I bought Utah at plus 375, and now if you look in Vegas, they're plus 275 because Phil Steele has them as their number one surprise team. Um, So I'm curious about Utah. I'm not a believer in Clay Helton, but when you just think about the talent that USC has, maybe it's worth a flyer if you can get them in that 7-8-1 to range to – to win that division, um, I do like Memphis. I, I've, I, I bought Memphis. Um, they're coming down a little bit to win that division. And, uh, and then I think a lot of people are, are on FAU to, uh, to return to, to normalcy. And this is just pure gut. I just, Mason Fine, I think, has been that quarterback at, uh, at North Texas for about 100 years. He is finally a senior. They're at 9-2 to two to win that conference. And when you pair up a veteran quarterback with a coach in Seth Luttrell, who I feel like got overlooked for a lot of gigs, I like North Texas to win the Conference USA at 9-2 to plus 450. That was awesome. I did not expect to be talking North Texas. I did not expect to be having <laughs> can Khalil Tate go and win a Heisman Trophy conversation. I didn't expect of teams to get brought up today that Texas State was going to have to be a page in Phil Steele's book that I flipped to while we were discussing them. Tim, this was awesome. Appreciate you taking the time. What's your what's, what's your one long-shot bet? If there's one out there that someone needs to take, is there one that you've placed that uh, you have hidden in a pocket somewhere or hidden in a in a drawer somewhere that you're you're thinking is all right? I at least got a chance on this one to make me some money this fall. Well, outside of my uh, outside of my uh, of my Khalil Tate to win the Heisman Trophy, which once again, if I mean, it's a you're going to be selling in the middle of October or November. You, if uh, you got to sell that bad boy, you got to realize <laughs> when it's time to sell that bad boy off. Um, you know, it's interesting. A couple of the long shots. I'm trying to think of a long shot now. I, I'll just say this: I don't think it's it, to me. It's not worth. Uh, a, I think long shot national title odds. You know, it's, it's good fodder for us, right? Who can we win in long? I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So one interesting one, and I go back and forth. My my co-host is a a Texas alum. 
Um, I I go back and forth on Texas for winning that conference. They're at plus three fifty seven to two. Take a take a look now. I I don't know. It might be something. Now once again, this might be a, an opportunity for a hedge, but. I think Iowa State at 12 to 1 to win the Big 12 is something just to take a long hard look. Would it be the craziest thing in the world if you saw Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game? I I don't think so. I I think they can sneak up and uh, and pull some upsets. I mean, when you've got I mean, I think a tremendous head coach um in Matt Campbell and you've got Brock Purdy who emerged as a really big-time player. Now, David Montgomery's gone, and uh, that, that's, a, that's a big blow. But would it be the craziest thing if you saw Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game? So at 12-1, to 1, then you hedge, again, you know, hedge hard on Oklahoma or hedge hard on, on Texas, whoever they're playing in that, that Big 12 championship game. So Iowa State, 12-1, to 1, might not be the worst play uh, in the world. Oh, by the way, I'm taking the under on West Virginia. I think they have, they could be in a tricky spot. Here's my long shot. James Madison money line at West Virginia week one. I think the Dukes, they have a chance to go into Morgantown and pull an absolute stunner against, uh, against West Virginia week one. That line opened up, I think, around five and a half. An FCS team going to a power five a stadium, and they're a less than a touchdown dog. So there's a there's a little crazy play there. James Madison money line against West Virginia. Love it, absolutely love it. <laughs> and I've been on the Iowa State thing. I don't know if it's just because I'm a Matt Campbell apologist. The guy can do no wrong in my eyes, or what? But also, you look at their schedule. The way it breaks down, kind of where their fifty-fifty games are, Big Twelve wise. TCU goes to Ames. They have to go to Baylor, but you get a lot of that at home. Oklahoma State's at home. Sure, you got to go to Oklahoma. That's coming bye off week, of a though. bye. Like that's bye helpful. Week. Texas comes to you. Like I, I don't hate it. I especially if you can get twelve to one. I've seen it ten to one in a lot of places. Especially if you can get twelve to one. I absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm going to be punching in for a ticket on that. Tim, appreciate you taking the time. This was great. We'll do this at least another time or two throughout the regular season. Have a great fall and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You got my.